0: Hello everybody out there in comic book land my name is George Serrano aka The Don and if you're listening to this you can only be here for one reason that's a brand new episode of the major issues podcast brought to you by comicbookclick.com and as always I am never alone sir if you could please introduce yourself I am Dan the comic book man can the fans hear me Dan the comic book man is he here and he's not even alone other sir can you please introduce yourself
1: I am surprised. Melted face, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth,
0: <laughs> GT Rebirth, and then the comic book man in one review, ladies and gentlemen. You got to understand how lucky you are for that, and that is because I think uh, these two gentlemen in our group chat are the most diametrically opposed when it comes to different forms. Um, oh my! Oh yeah! Mines.
1: Oh, just set us up now,
2: why oh, don't we- you? Yeah, we we were literally polar opposites, but it's also beautiful to me because we the three of us specifically haven't been on a show together since Vote Loki, and that oh, was wow. George Serrano, A.K.A. the Don's last New York recorded episode.
0: Wow! See, I had no idea. There you go, dropping the facts out there. Then the comic oh, book it. man, and that's the thing. What one of the things that we have constantly debated in our group chat. Is you know, beauty being in the eye of the beholder, art being the kind of thing that is kind of left to those who experience it, and I'm starting to feel that way about our subject today. Today, <laughs> we'll be covering Doom Patrol season three. Um, a show that I had you know, I've been ranting and raving about Doom Patrol since the very first the show that you season, me on to, that I had no idea even existed until you're like. Get on this Doom Patrol. No,
2: get on this. No, please get on Doom Patrol.
0: Yeah, but to be please, honest, I didn't know that Um GT <laughs> G- that you dug were.
1: Uh yeah, I I it surprised me as well. And I just I remember just thinking, like, like okay, this is another one of these things where like I have no clue who any of these people are. And um we're talking like what what was it, Grant Morrison? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just oh, yeah, like, that's like
2: it's Grant Morrison writing, and you love making fun of the way this man writes.
1: <laughs> so, Listen, I, it's not my fault. The man has like he talks about things as if they are all happening. Yeah, you know, um, uh, if you if you ask Grant Morrison what time it is, he'll tell you how time was discovered. Um,
0: right, that's his <laughs> that's his bag there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. I, I didn't know what to expect going into it and like I you know I it, it's a term I don't use very often but like I got something that it was what I would call beautifully weird
0: okay yeah <laughs> no I beautifully weird that.
1: Is
2: the best, like, it's the best word to describe how season especially season one was when we're not used to shows like that. We were coming off of Gotham and Agent Carter and Arrow and Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, and so many different shows that either blended realism or had that campy silliness where you're like, I can't watch this anymore. But Doom Patrol came in with the style meets substance in, in a way that not many shows came in with.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it was something that I latched onto as soon as possible um and you know i i dug for season 2 and season 2 kind of we got left with a bit of a cliffhanger because of covid we didn't get the 10 episodes that we were almost even promised we ended up getting nine which made this this season be the one that have to pick things up can you remember when you decided that you dug this show gt because i know me and dan have spoken about this in, in great lengths but i want to hear a little bit about where your fandom sits with this show
1: um you know, I I if I if I were to pick out the episode that stuck out for me the most from season one and that kind of like and, and I guess that kind of like really, you know, stuck it in deep for me. It's probably Danny Street.
2: Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes.
1: Um well, what what is his name? The guy in the rags.
0: (laughs) Oh, oh, uh, negative man. His real name.
1: The real name. Oh, Matt Bomber. Okay, yeah. Like, like, for some reason, and I don't know if that's his voice, but like, there was a lot of fun to be had in him just his like imaginary karaoke moment.
0: Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah.
2: No, George George was actually there because I was at George's house when I first saw that episode for the first time, and I was. I was starstruck. I had tears in my eyes. I genuinely loved everything about that moment. And then the ball dropped that was all in his head. And he was sitting at the table the entire time. And I got so mad, not at the show. I got mad at myself that I i saw what I used to do, where you just, you fantasize about the best parts of yourself, but it's just a fantasy because you're too scared to really Open yourself up like that. That episode hurt me. It hurt.
1: Well, I was yeah. just enjoying it, but <laughs> I thought it was a fun time.
0: No, I, I totally get it. I think that this, uh, this show itself, like I alluded to earlier, is a work of art, but I do think like art, um, it can be subjective. I, you know, I not every person on the world who's a comic book fan who's spending the money to make you know, Endgame, the second biggest movie of all time, is watching Doom Patrol. There's, there's a huge gap between the you know mass marketing that certain shows or movies get and things like this. Um, but I, but I kind of dug it because of that. It almost felt like a you know like the runt, like the you know that the Rudy of shows. I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it gets notoriety and all these other kind of things. But season three for me as somebody who absolutely loves this show, felt a bit weird. So what I want to do with you two gentlemen is I want to walk down the gallery that is Doom Patrol <laughs> season three. And without trying to influence each other, I just kind of want to see what you guys saw of this series. Because I, I feel like it didn't tread the same you know ground that the others have, which... You know, I'm of two minds of because I, I watch it because of familiar ground, right? Like that's the yeah. reasons why why you yeah. watch things. But I understand uh, the need for shows, especially comic book shows, to like reinvent and, you know, kind of break out of the status quo on occasion. I guess my biggest issue is that this show never really had a status quo, <laughs> um and I I've, I've personally felt like some of the the characters themselves regressed a bit from, their, um, from where we were left off in season two. I don't know if that's necessarily a symptom of the COVID, you know, of it all, where they had to come in last minute and try to do a finale and a season premiere at the same time, which couldn't have been easy. You know, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that I've never had to do anything like that. Um, so it totally could be that it could be just a fundamental misunderstanding of the team or an understanding so deep and dank that I just don't get it. But yes, I'll go I to you, love to
2: start with that because all
0: right, but, so you, you, you're, you're right,
2: there are certain episodes like Undead Patrol and stuff that bring back recurring themes or recurring uh, moments. And it feels like either A, a gross misunderstanding of what the first two seasons did, or B, it's taking everything that we loved about the ridiculousness and the I-don't-care attitude of the show and parodying it. But when you brought up the regression of these characters, my issue is that sometimes, with and that's what, what this show does beautifully, is that it blends life and real emotion sometimes. Things hit us, moments hit us, and we have no choice but to regress because we're, we 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 don't know any other strong coping mechanism. When Niles Calder, spoilers for people listening, please go and watch. Season oh yeah, full three. spoiler so for season three. Yeah, full Spoilers. Anybody that hasn't listened to, to watch season three yet, stop right now and go and watch it. But spoilers ahead. When Niles Calder dies, and most of these people have vocalized that they didn't give their full emotions and how they fully felt even after Mr. Nobody told them what their true origin is, even after the Candlemaker came and showed that Niles Colder is, is really not that, that good of a person. Even Kipling has tried telling them, you don't know who your surrogate father is. You know, when he died and he, he left them n- no chance to really release their emotions of how they felt you have no choice but to regress i i've i have I, not that i've personally lived it but i've personally seen it in my family of somebody dying and that son slash daughter never getting to either a release the anger or b saying i forgive you and becoming worse because of it or b being able to say I know what you did was wrong and I shouldn't forgive you, but for my own sake, for my own sanity, I forgive you. You can move on and I can move on. So when you don't get that opportunity to move on from someone that slighted you, you I, I'm sorry, but you have no choice but to regress. I've done it. I've seen people that do it. You regress when you can't fully express the emotions of someone that slighted you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see that, um, and it, like I said, it all could have been some part of a master plan. Uh, GT, wh- how do you feel about that? Did you feel like any of the characters regressed? Did you feel like at any point uh, people were acting uncharacteristically?
1: Um, you know, I think the only one for me where I think I got frustrated with the concept of their um. Of their character progression was probably Robot Man.
2: Oh, t- uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I
1: agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah, it's like, it's like Robot Man takes like one step forward, two steps back, and it's off the cliff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, no pun intended. You, you huh? did that
1: on purpose. Yeah. You did that on purpose. I actually didn't. I I always forget his real name, but. <laughs> <laughs> And, and you spend the entire season just watching him get back up the mountain to stand on the edge again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I was looking at his whole arc here, and I don't know exactly what it's trying to say other than, you know, you got to get help. What You know, if you need help, get help, I guess, kind of thing. Get past the pride of it all. Um, I almost, you know, I hate to play script doctor. There's people way more qualified uh, than I am to, you know, tie in some screws on some things. But like part of me wonders like they, they should have went back to the well of, of Cliff choosing his family over fame. Because initially when fame and his family were on two different sides, he always chose fame and the attention. And he's never been tempted with that level of attention again. So of course you go back to family. There's nobody else to right. There's nowhere else to go. Um, maybe he should have been like a uh pie kind of like streamer. Like maybe he should have made wild money. And Clara's calling him, "Hey, come see your grandson." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on a minute. I'm making some money. I got things to do.
2: Stuff. He was selling people's stuff for
0: all. They made him a crackhead. <laughs> they made him a crackhead who's into OnlyFans and stuff (laughs) it was very weird like I don't I'm I'm not saying that that doesn't happen but to give him those kind of impulses only to take them away to teach a lesson felt weird when I feel like the man has already a bunch of quirks he could have just worked worked through
2: the worst part was is like they spent see they spent two seasons on the fact that even if he's just a brain and i know you know pot and alcohol goes to the brain they spent seasons building on the fact that he can't get inebriated without some sort of mythological help right what, yeah. what, what episode what episode was it where like he finally got high and it was like the first time he got high in like 20 years sex patrol sex but yes yeah, season 2 it was yeah. sex patrol and he yeah, because even
1: because even because even when they do the um, even when they do the like he's just over there, just like um, how do he's I pretend?
0: Yeah, he's faking what, it.
1: What? what, what exactly. do I do? And the worst
2: part is, is orgasming is a dopamine release. It's a brain release. So either that's a not, you know, the writers weren't smart enough to realize that most of inebriation is brain stimulation, or B, this guy just no matter what can't get to that euphoric state that we can get to right so it was kind of weird watching him shuffle pills into a funnel with with tomato sauce
1: it's like some kind
0: of nutritious slurry i guess that you give to a robot
1: with, with no was, actual with, with no actual like bloodstream to absorb the the narcotics. No, there's, narcotics. Yeah,
2: there's no veins. He is legit just a brain. But that also begs the question that a brain has these stems. The medulla oblongata, the fucking...
1: If they're still there.
2: But how can a brain... That's what the beauty of what the first two seasons was. is It didn't explain the fact that he was just singularly a no brain, but no medulla oblongata. Sure. Yeah. So there's no way that this man could ingest the
1: medulla oblongata.
0: <laughs>
1: You're wrong, Colonel
2: Sanders.
0: <laughs> I feel like. um Cliff, definitely, you know, like when once the season started, GT kind of already let us know early on that the season itself was a little bit different than the other seasons. And so I yeah. kind of watched the season premiere uh, with my arms crossed to kind of, you know, t- test it out. And off the rip, there were a couple of things that I was like, huh. <laughs> and once I huh, once I had enough, I was like, OK, I'm not sure I like. Where this is going? So, like, you know, Cliff, for some reason now in this season, is like Homer Simpson. Like he's just Dope. screaming
2: and doing church. the he's dumbest, most it's the same problem that happens in the Office. It's like these these characters that you grew to love, that you understand a certain characteristic about them, now becomes amplified in a sense of parody, and it's not respect yeah. to the character. It's not love for what you've seen. It's legit, oh, the best part of Cliff was the fact that he said fuck every time. So let's make him say fuck 180 episode, 185 times an episode.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like that felt a little bit weird uh, to build up Miranda as big as you did for an entire season to kind of just like hand wave it away as like, oh no, she he's just, Super she's just easy, a manifestation really? of what yes. malice. Or something like that. I can't remember exactly what she was, but she it's like, it all comes back to the Venus. <laughs> Whatever what the how that
2: means. No, I literally remember her saying, it's like, I'm not a persona. I am all of the emotions K bottles down, all of the anger, all of the hate, all the sadness. I am the manifestation of every bad emotion that you feel, amplified. And then it was just super easy, barely an inconvenience to beat her.
1: You just got to push her by. I was wondering if somebody was going to notice that pitch meeting was all in the background.
0: Oh. (laughs) I just don't understand, like, any of that, to be honest. Like, the way the upside down – upside down. The way the underground – whoops. The way the underground is set up. That's a
1: much different show. Yeah, it is. I I love it.
0: The way the underground is set up, I felt like I didn't – like it didn't make sense that one being would house all the negative energy. Like I believe I, I can believe that you could you would create a vessel for all that stuff. I can believe that. I can totally believe that. That you would create a persona that can take all that kind of stuff on. But it was There's a multiple personality disorder. That's the worst part is that they built
2: up as this like multiple personality disorder, and then it just became oh no, no, it's one persona, it's one you you're the primary you're the primary what is the primary
1: i think they i think they got really ambitious with it and it's like like it's like picking up something really heavy and it just falls out of your hands
0: yes (laughs) yeah i I can agree with that i I think that the the subject matter itself is a bit dank Um, (laughs) and so uh I think that I think that it's hard to kind of tackle those things outright because of the the weight of some of those things. I believe that, I mean, I don't know anything about uh, dissociative disorder. Sure. But it it, feel, it felt like they created a, a cool boogeyman and then they didn't have an answer for it. Like maybe they had an answer for it as the conclusion of season three, but, Oh, sorry. Season two. But by the time it got to, it's like someone told somebody to make sure they got, they wrote it down and then they got to season three. (laughs) No one wrote it down. And it's like, Oh no. Well, she's just, uh, 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 Oh, it's daddy again. And again, I'm not trying to downplay the trauma that that man had on that woman, but it felt like they were doing something different until they pulled that pin, where she just now has mascara running down her face and she's, I don't know what I don't I don't know what. And then from that moment that on, Mads I feel Mac- like from, from Doctor Strange look, I I'm
2: I don't I'm sorry that Mads Mikkelsen from Doctor Strange look pisses me off. I'm Why? tired of the, I'm tired of the running of the eye mascara. It's like god damn it. Well, that's like,
1: more of a corruption of the. <laughs> the soul
2: and i'm literally tired of corruption being visualized as your eyes looking like roots are taking over your forehead and corneas
1: like
0: come on but is the window you see she was just as terrifying in the regular uh, regular, you know her confidence was terrifying her her, our past yeah well, just her, part- her power struggle and everything that had been set up about her. Like, they already set her up. They didn't need to do anything else up until this. I think it was time. an episode called Miranda Patrol, if I'm not mistaken. At the very least, it do an entire origin story for that character. How she got her out of the well, of
2: the Where she went to the college party, and it turned out being some swinger party. And she's having sex That's the last episode night. of
0: the second season, so I don't think it's called Miranda Patrol.
2: Is that the last episode? That That opening was the last... Yeah. See, that's where I'm, that's where I can agree with you with the fact that especially with the new uh season opener, you're literally getting the what should be the last five minutes of the candlemaker episode. And I, I, I agree with you because if you look at Ezekiel Patrol compared to Tiny Patrol, or was it Tiny Patrol, the season two episode, one episode? If right. you look at those two episodes. They are completely different stories. Yes, they turn small, but they turn out to be completely different stories where now the entire Doom Patrol, except for Larry, is miniature. And he's been making them small French toast and small omelets. And But when you get this season three, episode one opener, it is literally what would seem like the last five minutes of a season finale. And then just That's- jumps.
0: That's by design though, because they didn't have any. They didn't have a lot of questions to answer at the end of season one. Only thing they had to answer really is how to get them bigger, because nobody was dealt with. You know, a lot of people were dealt with, Um, and then nobody
2: ended up being like the fucking savior of, of all. I feel bad for everything I did now. Thanks for talking to me, Rita Farr.
0: I mean, she is the leader now.
1: If I may add what? something, because it was only just brought to my attention in this conversation, um, because I I adjusted uh, this whole season in like parts. I got like five episodes down on an overnight shift, and I got two, and then I got three, and I was done. But what there's this, but there's a gap there. So as I watched the last five episodes, and you are now reminding me of how the the series um how the season begun, I it has suddenly come to me, man, they really got rid of that child really easily, didn't they?
0: Well not only that, but <laughs> Dorothy, the candle maker.
2: and And Candlemaker too. Yeah. But they both they just like, you know what? Let's have Larry have this one conversation. Let her bury her father, and then let's push her we out. Just,
0: we, just we just swept, swept that show. thing. We just swept but the it. Dorothy, the Dorothy of it all, doesn't bother me because unless you were gonna have you know an entire another season revolved around her, she could have went wherever. It's sure. candle maker that I'm beefing with. <laughs> like, we did a whole like weird, uh, what's it called, um, like um, cave woman esque ritual with moxins yeah. and 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 like uh mental weapons and she was gonna go to war against this this the darkest deepest darkest longest living entity we've ever seen and, and i did like
1: I, did like I did like that there
0: was a there was a bit of a standoff in the sense where it's like you know we're gonna stand we're gonna sit here for as long as it takes i thought they were gonna write them off both that way you know what i'm saying like they're, they're, just they're still they're sitting wo- there <laughs> Yeah. It's a staring contest for eternity and you know, who's going to win kind of stuff. Um, invincible with the the Cyclops guy, Seth Rogen's voice. Yeah. But they end up, she ends up just kind of sort of like taming him, I guess, because yeah. she shows back up with him. And seemingly now we have two beings of ridiculous power levels that would have been incredibly useful for this season. And they find a way to get them both off of the show. Um so, you deal with losing a powerhouse talent like Timothy Dalton, who plays the chief now, it's And then, two But they big do give you points. one
1: pointless campy of it, never comes no, back off. No, don't, even,
2: don't even go there with that goat. No, with the no. Ghost. ghost Calder happened, and you will acknowledge it. I'm not yeah.
0: acknowledging that Ghost Calder. Force Ghost
2: called <laughs> it and then they open uh, the then, they, uh, then they end the episode where he's like you know what let me take my shirt off i'm about to have sex with some ghost oh damn it i lived my life i'm going to
0: heaven no <laughs> no that's because of the head oh was it uh, was it because was it because yeah, kipling, kipling stole the head? head kipling took the head so he couldn't go nowhere I mean, couldn't It still couldn't go and hang which out the also i
1: think never comes back up
0: no, no, the head, no, uh, no, Daniel kept telling me that this sausage. whole thing was going to eat its own tail and that now was going to come back. Head is going to come back. Everything else is going to be, you know, figured out. But nope, he never comes back. They never, they never kind of go to that well. And I totally get the idea and the plot point of how do you deal with a death, a loss of somebody that you demonize because they've done tremendously traumatic things to you, but you loved for a certain time. how do you reconcile those feelings how do you deal with feeling sad when you probably shouldn't or feeling mad when you probably shouldn't any of that kind of stuff and the weird complex way that we all mourn i think we've all kind of dealt with that at a certain level but that it's kind of addressed a little bit in in um vacation patrol or whatever and uh you know, Jane burns an effigy. I guess that's a, a form of of positive, uh, you know, moving forward. Robot sure. Man gets to talk gets to talk to the ghost, so I guess that's something worth effigy. the damn. Even though miles probably should have talked to Rita, Niles Pro- probably should have told something to Rita, given everything that she ends up having to quote unquote figure out. He didn't give he didn't leave her with nothing but that damn key.
1: Yeah, and 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 like once Michelle Gomez shows up, we just basically like, well, this is the plot now. The plot yes. finally showed up.
0: Right. Exa- and literally, like, I mean, I-, I can totally have seen that whole Michelle Gomez, you know, when she debuts as a character. I could I could see that being a very tasty, you know, Easter egg leading into a couple of months of us not watching Doom Patrol and then getting ready to see what that character does. Sure. But I think they almost wasted time making it a mystery for as long as they did as to who that character was, because then the narrative kind of gets twisted. Then the timeline gets twisted. And then we just end up in a very, very weird spot at the end of all of this. Um, So we kind of just tied up, uh, Jane and uh, Cliff a little bit there. I know that one of the writers went on to say that they were trying to move Jane to a, a you know a, a more healed place, and even eventually flirt around with the idea of her having a love interest, and that was loosely teased with the fog, one of the members of the Sisterhood of Dada. Uh, how do you gentlemen feel about that? Not, whole fan, thing? not
2: a fan. Of, not a fan of it because it was what it was. Is when you see Kay go to the surface for the very first time jane's there on that um the look thing that you see at like a tourist attractions and she's looking and this guy's like comes up to her and like hey you shouldn't ride your bike in the street you know you're gonna get hurt and stuff and she's like don't don't trust him you don't know him Kay. you know that's a man don't trust a random man in the street that random man might rape you or kill you or kidnap you or something and so for that and then the love interest thing, it's a total, total backwards jump on what you're introducing us. Because literally that's like episode eight. It's so over an episode, two episodes later. For two for an hour and a half later, you're like, oh wait, now she's getting this love interest, quote unquote, it's, it, it makes no sense, truly. It makes no sense to the character you're giving. This is supposed to be a character that was sexually abused so badly that she created like 79 personas to help her cope with her own life. One of the personas is a therapist, Dr. Preparation H.
0: Oh, uh, uh, Dr. Harrison. And the thing is like, I just feel like they, they just kind of treaded water for a very, very long time. To me, it felt like there were instances where it was very obvious the story that they were trying to tell in the sense that what do you do if you built your entire life to withstand trauma and you kind of get past it what happens when you get to a place where things aren't actively attacking you but you've only built yourself for survival and the idea that Kay would want more like all of that's incredibly interesting but i don't think like they just kept Making it a mystery as to what K wanted, what the other personas wanted, she wanted and what it shoes meant. George, she wanted shoes. She never had I a pair know.
1: of shoes. I don't hey, know about
0: I, any of that. I
1: feel like the, I feel like the problem with the Jane ish, uh, with the crazy Jane character, to some degree, if you want to call it a problem, is almost that we've sort of built her entire existence around solving the K problem, and once the problem is solved, there's nothing more. I'll so agree we you. can't solve it
0: right yeah it's a and problem now it's solved but we can't solve i'll agree with you on that but last season they played around with the idea that miranda was solving case problems mm-hmm. so they already kind of touched on she had the Isn't conversation miranda that i what i'm just talking about she had the conversation with larry about what do you do when you you know like when when you're not Angry anymore, or you, when? You, like, are, when do you allow yourself to be happy? When do you allow yourself? It's to, it's to almost
1: stay? it's almost kind of meta because it sounds like the writers were going like, oh, "What do we do? when we fix her?"
0: Oh, <laughs> they just kept asking the is. fans. New.
1: <laughs> what do you do what if she's do better? You
2: Would you still like Jane if she went through all of her emotional trauma and mm-hmm. came out better on the other end? Or yeah,
1: rather, I- or rather, like, who is Jane without that?
0: That's if the worst Jane is this.
1: defined by that, if if the character of Crazy Drain is defined by the trauma and defined by the um, the alters,
2: that's what I hate the most about certain characters that, that are introduced with this, you know, inclination that who are they without their trauma? Who are they without their pain? Who are they without their mask and mantle? There was a whole conversation and no way um, homecoming. Where Tony tells Peter, you know, if you're nothing without that suit, then you don't deserve to have it. And sometimes it's done good, but sometimes it's done painstakingly, where it's like, I love what a character is going through. I love their trials and tribulations because it's relatable. But if they're nothing without the trials and tribulations, then they're not an interesting character. I'm sorry.
1: The the irony of which is that Spider-Man at large... Is considered almost nothing without the tropes that have def- that have defined Spider Man all these years. Nah, also true. which is why they won't marry him. Which is why they yeah. like he he constantly he constantly <laughs> the girl. The girl. fumbles yeah, into bad situations. You know, if he if he if he ceases to be the version of Spider Man that we've grown to understand, is he Spider Man?
0: No, I, like, I totally, I, I agree with spirits. that. Yeah. yeah, There's the whole thing about aging up Superman, aging up Batman, all that kind of stuff there. Um, and if to me, it feels as if, like, I have no problem with any of these characters getting better, getting through their trauma and all that kind of stuff like that. But anyone who's ever dealt with trauma, they kind of make it feel like an on and off switch on occasion. You know, like when they don't want them to be traumatized, they're off. And when they want them to be traumatized, they're on. and That's-
2: a a problem is, is it's bipolar disorder that is not diagnosed. And I know I am personally am diagnosed with bipolar disorder, but everybody has that one little moment of bipolar disorder, where even when you're doing something that you're proud of, your first thought is, would anybody even like this? You know, like that's, that I get
0: the idea. I get the idea of things being triggering. And I get the idea of you, you know, both sides of you, fighting but the thing is i don't think that the initial distrust of men was something that jane got over or Kay got over and maybe that's why they introduced the idea of fog one of the members of the sisterhood of dada who's a female and that's why i love interest
2: bringing in the fog from the sisterhood of dada and giving her a love interest i don't agree with it because an hour before or 30 minutes, it doesn't matter. The fact that a whole, in the single half of a day of watching that episode, next, I see her uh, scared that kid is, is trusting a guy, and then she's trusting a guy that she doesn't know in a seemingly bad corporation ish, or, you know, depending on how you look at the brotherhood, the brotherhood of Mutants type of deal. Like, so for them to just, say, hey, she doesn't trust guys because of her past, but, you know, maybe she falls in love with someone that she doesn't know who's literally in this meta-human sense. It doesn't make sense.
0: It do- it truly doesn't.
2: And I'm I, scratching my head.
0: It, it, I mean, it's, it's an odd place to put that character, definitely. Um, and I don't even know how they, like, I don't even know where they go with her next. I mean, we all know now that Dr. Harrison is going to be the primary who knows what the hell that's going to mean when push comes to shove and who knows what the hell any of it's going to mean because when push comes to shove no one is going to have their memory at the end of that but we're going to talk about that in a bit uh i feel like per- cyborg is a quick conversation
1: uh personally just to say what uh, the, uh whether or not you agree with it in a writing sense of like Whether or not it was appropriate to give her a love interest at whatever particular time, whether it was a man or a woman, I've just got to say I felt nothing there between those two. I (laughs) just on screen, just on screen chemistry wise, I was just like, no, no. I I forgot it it happened because I was lazy.
0: There was moments where it felt a little predatory because she knows more than Jane did, and she was kind of like pulling pulling that yarn and pulling that is
1: advantageous yes that's right so I
0: was like what is going on here but then you know you know I seemingly confirmed in the last episode and then all the way confirmed via the writers that they definitely were trying to you know test the waters with that um speaking of testing the waters We want to talk about the carousel that is Vic Stone, like this just going around in circles. Um <laughs> should I have had the surgery? Should I be a superhero? Did dad want to make me a superhero? Come on, dad, tell me the truth. I already told you what I think at one point he says, like, man, I already told you what the hell the situation was. Cause I was like, Yeah, you kind of did I, he went.
2: I, I got to the point where I almost I didn't because I didn't skip any of this, but I almost skipped Vixens and George, you know. Jovan Wade is my is my favorite take on Cyborg. Like I loved Jovan Wade's take of Cyborg, but here, every time he was on scene, every time he was battling his dad or battling Ronnie, I'm like, bro, are we how how deep in the timeline are we? Because please tell me that season two is literally a week or two weeks removed from. When he met Ronnie and stuff. And this is all going down. In, like, it's been 15
1: stuff. minutes. No. <laughs> no, because, no I mean, like, In the
0: universe, it hasn't been that long. I, Maybe that's a couple I'm, weeks. That's the, only, that's the only saving
2: grace I have. Because I'm watching him battle his father. And they're verbatim. Almost verbatim having the same conversation they had in season one. Almost the same conversation. Like, why did you do this? I'm trying to save you. Damn what anybody else says. Oh, but they said that you're a madman. I don't care. I'm not a madman. I wanted to save my son. Like, it went from Vic believing Niles Colder's word over his father's to to Vic believing his ghost of a mother in a
0: hallucination episode. That was the only time I was on Silas Stone's side. Like, when he comes back around, he's like... I so yeah. he heard that it could have been somebody. I heard it could have been done another way. and didn't have to get done this way. And the he's like, "Who do you hear that from?" <laughs>
1: I don't care if you heard from a ghost it's or like, whatever. I, did what it's I didn't like, see what I Just like, really, son? Really? Did you peer review your findings? Did you look yeah, up some other research?
0: No, like for real, for real. Like we call this confirmation bias exactly the- and the thing is like you if you look at it from that side of the spectrum of when you look at it through the confirmation bias uh thing he's wanted the answer that this shouldn't have happened yeah. and he was told that it should have and then he rallied against it again and then he was told everything was gucci and then his mom told him again this time i was like bro you know, like I'm glad they got to where they wanted at the end of it. And maybe somewhere along the lines he'll realize that, you know, oh, I wish I, you know, it's the things that make me different that make me special. Kind of you know,
2: the best was in, in that un- <laughs>
0: was it undead. No, it was um
2: it was like episode six where they went to that whole mystical place. And I'm, I'm trying to remember the name of the patrols, but where he talks to like the Phil Lamar looking guy with the with the Jeff Bezos and that's the that's Dada Patrol. That is Dada Patrol. Okay, Dada Patrol. When he goes to Dot, da- that was my favorite moment for Vic's arc in season three, where it's like, yo, you weren't born this way. I was born this way. You were made this way. Who are you? Who is who is Vic Stone and all that? I'm like, damn. That's kind of it's hitting. It hit me a little hard. I of everybody that experienced the whole Dada Patrol thing. Vic's little arc with the guy with the
0: propellers on his back kind of hit me a little hard. I feel like, yeah, they're bike, they're bike wheels. <laughs> they're not propellers. They're bike wheels. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> when, so like the, that, you're right. Like that, someone confronting you so aggressively and being like, "Why are you what you are? How are you what you are? All this kind of stuff." I think that stuff is powerful. My issue is, we did this already. We did this in the second episode of the first season, Donkey Patrol, where Mr. Nobody tries to aggravate Vic by showing him his mother dying again. And he goes, you think I haven't dealt with that? I'm cyborg. Every morning I wake up and I think about, you know, you know, how I could have saved my mother and I and fight forward for a better tomorrow. Patrol is
2: my most hated episode of the series. No, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but... That actually is why Dada Patrol is my most hated episode. Like it was the first episode of Doom Patrol history where I had my fingers on my temple. Like, but didn't we go through this when Mr. Nobody did this to everybody?
0: Yeah, but then to me, then my worst episode in that vein is subconscious patrol. Like, I'll give you that. It's another, it's another therapy patrol. It's another. You know, uh, somebody is showing you versions of yourself you don't want to see. So now you have to have a half an hour conversation with that version of yourself and deal with it. We've seen this happen. And the thing is, like, especially Larry, like Larry deals with this every two episodes. So he, he's like, what? Oh, no, I got to take off my bandages and look at my ugly self and realize that no one's ever going to love me. Like he deals with this every every couple of episodes. He fights with the negative spirit.
2: And that was the character that was getting me annoyed the most. I won't, I won't. What say do you mean
0: Get you annoyed the most? He's gone in the first episode.
2: But, but the fact that Larry was, <laughs> was, it, oh, Larry. it's like, no, that's what I'm saying. Larry, Larry was, was pissing me off the most because we have been going through the whole comment at uh, the whole problem of him dealing with the negative spirits since seats in season one, episode one. And at this point, bro either get with it or get or don't get with it and then when i ask that question can you get with it or not the the showrunners say all right let's have him have a moving tumor all around his body and have him puke blue every episode
0: i'm like come on is is it is it part of the birthing process to take this thing out of your body and then put it back into your body i didn't i don't understand the 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 schematics of that like
2: uh, larva, that big blue larva that he's just feeding bread and water in the woods.
0: <laughs> How do you what feel about this? old negative man,
1: uh, GT? Yeah, GT, you haven't spoken um, I, yeah, I <laughs> you, you guys have been going for a while. I've been trying to find a, a way to get word in. Um, um, my apologies, because I wanted to really get a word in on Cyborg for a second there. Uh, because...
2: Your your apologies for going too much. I'm sorry. It's a,
1: the, Fine. Uh, really quick. For one thing, yeah, it, it, the whole thing is mostly kind of annoying because like it, it does retread a lot of old water with Cyborg and all that. You get like 15 minutes with the old girl from season two and they just write, write that fuck off <laughs> real fast. Um, so I'll try to make a few quick points. One, okay, I didn't know Ovi and Wade was jacked. Jesus.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Like, he is a good, I like him
2: better than Ray Fisher, but go ahead, go that's on. That's
1: fine, yeah, that's fine. Um, the, uh, I, I, I forgot one of my points, but I'll make my main one here, which is what I'm kind of afraid of, and maybe they'll all bunch in together. Uh, okay, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a lot of the old conversation we just had, which is the, which is the fact that Cyborg, um, almost because he's almost too cool of a character power-wise, when they tried to give him a, a a weakness or a trauma, it became the only thing he had, and they are constantly defining him by that thing. And um, for the most part, my problem with that is, uh, yeah, yeah for, the I most mean, part, for the most part, right. my problem my problem with what they're going forward with now with uh, with cyborg, or at least my fear is, we did the thing where, or they tease the thing where. Now that he has his um, all his, his cyborg stuff taken off of him, mm-hmm. uh, they tease the idea that now it's going to be like, well, they're not going to see you as a superhero anymore. You're just going to be a black dude. And now you got to deal with all of those problems.
2: You only, for two, you only get the blue eye for, what, two, three episodes? That's the problem. Like, his eyes shut off in Vacation Patrol episode two, and that's why he goes on vacation. And then by episode five, episode six... His father's like, you know what, forget Star Labs. I'm going to turn you back on because, you know, who are you without your grid? So I totally understand, not only do I understand, but I agree with you that you can't do that who are you without your worst moments character because then they're defined by that. And you expect to see that every time. And if it's done in a bad way, you're going to know, nah, this is not done right.
0: Yeah, I mean, anyone who knew me knew that last season I did not like the whole Ronnie Evers of it all. Um, I get adding somebody in there that can kind of make things gray for somebody who sees in such black and white, but then you test that. Vic Stone's issue he got over the cyborg thing his issue in season two to my knowledge was the distinction between good and evil and how that can shift and how that can slip and how well what if someone does something very bad for good reasons what if someone does very something very good for bad reasons you know and they, I, do,
2: and they do nothing with it that well they did a that was the
0: season two arc so I figured in season three I mean and they kind of touch with it here in the sense that he does something bad to help Ronnie escape when she seemingly is about to do something to, that might get her arrested. So, and then and then the idea that everyone knows or seemingly Star Labs knew that the great cyborg was just aiding and abetting a criminal. And what does that mean? How does he have to defend himself? Not, none of that. His dad just talks on his behalf and then they shut him down and then they take everything out. <laughs> so it's like, I, I don't feel like he learned anything. Um, they go back to this wall of hero with general tony is that the name of that weird uh yeah general tony and so they go back to the well of do-gooder and all that kind of stuff with general tony but again none of that stuff is stuff that like we did this with the cowboy right the the last season with dad's a cowboy the imaginary friend uh thing and then you know even before then it's cyborg that has to tell rita to get it together. It's Cyborg that has to tell the team, like, yo, come on, man, there's something we gotta do, and if we can't do it, let's do it.
2: That right there is what was a gross misunderstanding of these characters, because Rita had, and you can correct me if I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but you can say what your own favorite quotes of the show was, but my personal favorite quote is, lost causes are not lost when someone is fighting for them. And she told that to Larry, literally last year for us season two she told larry no one is a lost cause if there's people fighting for If they're worth fighting for so for rita to just and i understand i understand it. it's like if you know professor x dies suddenly and cyclops in the comics wise never got to tell tell him how much of an asshole he was and he's just like yeah you know what? here's a video of me telling you you're the team's leader. You were always the team's leader. You were always my number one. Here's the key to my most secret of secrets. Like, and for them to just have Cyborg be the one to snap Rita out of it, it, it pissed me
0: off. It truly the, did. He, he came from a place that they couldn't because he believed himself to be a superhero. And maybe, and I feel like in season two, they try to establish that he was a well known superhero. Like people under, knew who Cyborg was. Um, and so to go from
2: that whole people know who cyborg was in season one, when he was going on the dating apps and seeing how people were talking about him, like, that's what I'm saying.
0: So for him to, for him to rally the troops makes sense to me because people know that he's a superhero. Everyone knows he's a superhero. He knows that he's a superhero. What I'm saying is that from that moment on, you go from having a pride in that to all of a sudden feeling like it was thrusted on you. It, to me, it looked like he was looking for, reasons to be a hero and then all of a sudden rejected all of the destiny that he placed on himself but no one told you to go that route with it you did I get that you had a bunch of implants that you know needed to do you needed to do something with all that wi-fi but he literally could have done anything and he chose to be a hero um I I don't know what what you know I get that things muddied got muddied with Ronnie and Ronnie's seemingly a criminal that he helped but that also doesn't go anywhere. Ronnie comes back for what like five minutes later on in the season. Nothing comes of it. And ultimately, yeah, Vic decides that he doesn't he doesn't want to be cyborg. So next season, when we see him again, should I be rooting for him to change back? Should I be he's seemingly happy as he is? I don't understand a, a scenario in which That's it makes sense for, for him me. to go back to having all that stuff.
2: I agree with you that he should be that moral
0: compass and the moral drive
2: of, I know I'm number two and you're number one, but like you have to do, like I get the whole him pushing Rita because the Cyborg in the Teen Titans cartoon was very much the same way with Robin where anytime Robin was like, I can't do this. I can't lead this team. The cyborg was there to be like, bro, you have to do this. So I get that they're going with this, but for him to, it's like, it's like what Greg said, two steps forward, one step back with Robot Man. The Robot Man coming in, it's the same thing I feel with with Vic. Vic takes two steps forward, one step back. Three steps forward, two steps back. So he's always in this plateau. That's the problem that I had with Vic this entire season was there was a plateau of character development. There was no development. Yeah. It was just Here's the same character that
0: you have got for twenty three episodes, over and over and over again. I, I'm I like still waiting him. for them to put him on <laughs> Titans. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to yank his ass and put him on Titans, but he probably don't want to go, so I don't blame him. Don't go, don't go, Jovan. Whatever you do, stay, stay, and do manner.
1: Yeah, and and my biggest fear is basically like what it, what it looks like. They were already setting him up for where It's just like okay, like now you now you have to. Um, go back to worrying about being a Black man in society, like right. they were talking about, you know, when him being a child and, and him uh, going through the toys and whatnot. Um, right. Also, to, to, to just try to at least uh, attempt to answer the earlier question, uh, honestly, I got nothing for Larry. I don't remember a lot of his stuff. It's a lot, I, of, stuff I, it's can, a lot I, of stuff in
0: the dark. It's a lot of stuff in the radiation room.
1: I, I feel like I can almost sum it up in... Um, Larry has an argument with the specter again.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Basically, <laughs> basically,
0: they had that moment at the end of season one, which I mean, at the end of se- the episode, first episode of the season, that felt very like it was it was nearing a conclusion to bust open a whole bunch of other possibilities. Where he's flying in the air and he looks like him, and you're like, oh my god, what is this? What does this mean? Is he gonna fly back and still look like him? Is he gonna? fly back and be super
2: like
0: is he gonna fly my back problem. and be super like um uh in tune now with the negative spirit in a way that he wasn't before i don't know it just it felt it felt like it was opening up something and then he just came back and he was like oh yeah he stood you, you know? know
2: that that's weird. that's that was literally my problem especially going back and re uh rereading the episode titles and reliving all the episode titles it's like wait a minute Vacation Patrol is the second episode, and I vocalized it to the both of you, whether in the major issues group chat or George to you, I have said that there was so many moments of Vacation Patrol that became one of my favorite episodes where I legit cried as if I was at a funeral, but going back on it, and it's like, Larry, the negative spirit taking Larry to that planet that he's from and all that, that's only the second episode episode you still have eight hours Like not eight you have 8.45 minutes left to go because that's like literally in the opening 15 minutes because the whole forever young moment that I love with all of my heart is until the end of the episode so and and if you look at it as the first episode of season three is the conclusion what should have been the season finale of season two the very first episode of season three for that arc and that story we're being told negative man disappears
0: so larry is neutered but no but the thing is he'll be he'll be he disappears for the season so the eyes are like you can you can the next season could come out nine months later and when he comes back he can be different he can be in tune with the negative spirit all that stuff for him to go and come back and just not have it felt very very weird. We've been waiting for these two things to be in cahoots symbiotic. I mean we know that they're symbiotic, but you know at least in a tandem and we got further from it. it left completely. and now we have this weird larvae larva thing, Keeg who's around um, and who knows what all, all that stuff is about. Uh, and at one point you have a very heroic hero moment with Larry where he flies out of Doom Manor in the in the wraps. You're like, oh, snap, this looks pretty cool. And then when push comes to shove, he just falls to the ground again. We're back to training wheels with Larry, you know, where I felt like we went to some pretty awesome moments in season one and two where it showed that him and the negative spirit were one and the same. And now we're all the way over here to this point where it's like they, he has to now know this negative spirit, this brand new one. And how's that going to work? And, you know, their ups and downs and all that. Um, I just it felt like a regression.
2: Right on that because it's like between that and the fact that his son came back halfway through season three, and it's like halfway through season two, we had that whole arc of Larry going back home, and his son actually called the Bureau of Extraterrestrials or whatever the fuck they were called. (laughs) Normalcy. The Bureau of Normalcy and his his grandson gets shot on a botch. For us to just go. In order, like ten episodes later, bring that whole arc back for nothing. Oh yeah, I was your father, and I love being your father. I loved you since the day you were conceived. But you know what? Get out of my house. What the? F- okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't. I didn't get it.
0: There was it's a lot of Larry and weird.
2: Vic yeah. There was a. My problem is is Larry and Vic were. Rita is my favorite character of Doom Patrol. without a doubt and in a ranking order it's like Rita, Larry, Vic, crazy Jane, robot man because each of them uh, appeal to a certain level of my mental health that I can relate to but to see Rick uh, to see Vic and Larry just digress in the ways that they digressed it it didn't piss me off so much as that it hurt my feelings as if someone told me that they didn't like me really when they were only with me because I'm just,
0: yeah it hurt it hurt. Well, that's the thing. Like I, what brought me to this show initially was the the humongous dives into mental health and how people deal with it and the things that people tell themselves and things that they shouldn't probably tell themselves. All of that stuff I find in, increasingly intriguing, and just the bonkersness of the show was the cherry on top. And now I feel like in this season the meat and potatoes is the bonkersness. And if we can get to the occasional mental health, if we can get to the occasional, you know, monologue or have someone say a piffy line, then we'll get there. I thought like it was it was literally the bright spot when Larry's talking to um Dor- Dorothy about letting go and how no one really knows how to do it, but maybe we could do it together. And I was like, oh my God, wait, we're getting somewhere. Like we're learning, we're healing, we're moving. And then Dorothy leaves and then everybody's just, they just become stagnated on there. We do a whole episode where none of them talk because they're zombies. We do a whole episode where none of them can do anything because they're dead. We do a whole episode because where none of them can do anything because they're puppets or you know, fighting their subconscious. They found ways to shelve these guys at every turn. And usually when these things happen, the B plot was covered with all kinds of sex ghosts or the animal vegetable mineral man or uh Devon F- Fuchs or any of that kind of stuff. But in this, besides the sisterhood of Dada, which are not villains, they're just uh, eccentric. <laughs> you know, they're uh, they're like, we're only
2: we only became these evil, quote unquote, people because the way the world saw us. But it's the, my problem was is the fact that the, the bringing the asses back. And I know some of the fans probably not, might not know what I'm talking about, but bringing the ass back from the ass patrol episode and then just having these moments where jane is literally eating ass like well, she's literally holding an ass and eating it like you're honing in on the ridiculousness without realizing where the substance came from it's style over substance and i don't agree with it what about you, GT? Like, how do you feel about the Jane eating an ass and saying
1: brains? The whole zombie episode. I I I, I think I purged it because I don't remember the scene.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, you it, know. it has every like the recipe is there. You know, it has Kipling in it. Kipling is a lot of fun. You know, the butts can be a lot of fun. The Bureau Normalcy is a great foil. For everything that's going on in the doom patrol it's the, the the ingredients are there but it put in the wrong order or put carelessly the meal itself doesn't come out tasting well i think they wasted a lot of time a lot of time maybe even too much time on the mystery of madame rouge um aka laura demille aka michelle gomez who i think is a tremendous actress this is my first time experiencing her um, I've heard, yeah, I've heard she's been in a bunch of things. Um, GT, you look like you have a little bit of history with this actress. What, what, what have you seen her in?
1: Uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, or rather I should say The, the Chilling Adventures. The, the Chilling oh, okay. Adventures like, of oh, Sabrina. It. Uh, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. You had me for a second because so I'm like I'm in my head. I'm
1: like, wait a minute. I, I yeah. I still I still years? say Sabrina. Just that's what it is. But yeah. yeah Techni- technically speaking, yeah. the chilling adventures of Sabrina, in which she uh she has a very good character that uh is um. She's the ant. Recurring. Right. W- no, she's not the ant.
2: Why does she look like the ant then? Oh, I no.
1: know. What I'm thinking. Never mind. No, she's not the ant. Um. She's uh she's one of the, like one of the demon characters who's a long running recurring character on there and she's great um Michelle Gomez is a fun is a fun actor she uh she has resting bitch face and she knows it and she just embraces she that part
2: eyebrows, of her. I, swear, I I feel like I'm looking at her face Michelle Gomez I feel like I've seen her before but keep going on uh
1: but I I, I I was excited when I saw she was in this because like, okay, I, I believe in her work and I know she can she can do some stuff. She's just she's a great villain. Uh, I don't know what was happening here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny? Um she she can chew a scenery. Mm. Almost nobody can chew scenery like her in this. When she gets on screen. Even in her debut, you automatically know that she's somebody that's going to be somebody big in the season. Um, I think by not having a way to play her, um, I, we we she looked like she could be delightfully deceptive, and we couldn't go that route because she wasn't evil, and we couldn't go completely altruistic, you know, goody two shoes do gooder because she didn't under, she didn't know where she was. I think that there's something comedic. About going back in time with a with a very in depth plan and losing your memory in it, I think, that, I think that that's a funny plot point. No, that was, was should have been that ways. Was kind of She, she should have been hip to it before anybody else, and she should have been trying to put the screws to them ever since. But they do a very weird thing where they allow her to figure out who she is alongside some of the members of the Doom Patrol, and then it becomes a race to see who can get who first (laughs) between her and Rita. And it's a very, very weird thing. Um, One of the writers was interviewed and she said something that I kinda sorta like, not figured out, but I saw on screen, which is why I think Michelle is so great at this. She said that she would kinda ad lib, but she wouldn't ad lib lines. She would ad lib delivery and this actress was great at delivery in, in in this season. Some of the, just the regular lines that she had to say, she said with such either sarcasm or, you know, um, just a biting nature of attitude that, well, I, yeah, I it was see, amazing.
2: Because the way she, she was a, what would you call, a, not a social worker, but like an HR representative of the Bureau of Normacy, like she was not normal, yeah. but she was like infiltrating it in a, in a, in a, in a, like a, not a secretary sense, but like an inventory sense where admin. She's a person you talk to before you get brought into either your normal or your uh, meta. I love right. it. So yeah, I can, I can see the whole, the double edged sword of it, of it all. And I can see that she really did um delivery. Because she was kind of rivaling April Bulby on that transatlantic delivery, though April Bulby has the accent down, that emphasis on certain uh, you know words really got.
0: Well, Michelle had that real sharp Irish uh, Irish twang to all of her delivery there that I thought was pretty pretty cool. But like you're scratching your head, okay, is she good or bad? Okay, can she turn into a bird or an ottoman? Okay. You know uh, what is um, she here the, for? The
1: Wikipedia says she is Scottish.
0: Scottish. I'm so sorry, Miss uh, Gomez, if you're if you're listening. And uh, also, when you get a chance, sit down with me. I'd love to know how you got the last name Gomez, being a Scottish said, woman. Yeah, you know, I was just about to. I was actually just about to bring it up because you know
2: you thought she was Irish. She's actually Scottish, but her last name is Gomez. And if I'm not a gambling man, but I would bet that's kind of Hispanic. Yeah, you know, like
1: I like. Hispanic. is a funny thing. No, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's all it's all dot, it's all Dadaism. We gotta talk a little bit about uh the Dadaism of it all, this artistic movement, um that took place right after World War One. Uh, we do it 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 because I think it I think when you look through it, when you look at it through the lens of Dadaism, this show becomes a work of art but it's up to your interpretation whether it's good or bad work of art you know what i'm saying yeah dadaism itself dictates what is art if that makes any sense they were the ones to like put a toilet bowl on display and and call it art and their theory is so long as you say it's so it's so you know and they would write dada poems and they would write them by taking a newspaper, clipping out words, putting it in a hat, and then pulling them out and reading it as that, put it all together. We saw them but do a little bit problem. of this. It's like, would you would
2: you? And I you can disagree with the fact that art is in a you know the Museum of Movie Pictures and the Lou in, in Paris, but if a five-year-old right now put their hands in some paint and slapped it on a piece of paper. Would you hang it in a museum? Would you truly charge someone thousands of dollars for this five-year-old's finger painting?
1: I no. mean, a grown, a grown man threw paint at the wall and they sold it for thousands of dollars. A
2: heap, but but <laughs> there, was a, there was a certain way for it. There was literally... There's, there, there's color. There's the mix of it all. The, the blending of hues. You can't just put your hand in blue, white, and yellow, and gray, slap it on a piece of composition and say, oh yeah, that's art.
0: No, you dirty dirty But, but her- the, thing is, the thing. But that's what data is, dataism is. Dataism is saying that you're wrong, Dan. By trying to put rules and regulations on art, you misunderstand oh, art. I
2: am for doing that anyways, but you know what, there needs to be a gauge on what's, what exists. And what's art, a movie can exist, a painting can exist, can things, a song can
0: exist. You're telling me nothing can both exist and be art at the same time?
2: It can exist and be art at the same time, but I'm saying something can't just exist and be considered art. It There has to be, because there has to be a, a standard. No, if, there you go with the rules. There you go. But there you go. Putting rules on things. The room is art. Why Tommy Wise is an artist. Yes, but he it but up? it is it is
1: up to He's us putting
2: his hands in some paint and putting it on a blank piece of paper.
1: Again, yes, the room is art. Tommy Wiseau is an artist, and it is our right and our uh, you know uh, our uh, whatever the word I'm looking for is to. Uh, credit or discredit that art by however we feel.
0: Yes. Your interpretation okay. of I, the art... I understand it
2: at that point. Yes. You're saying it can be art,
1: art, but whether you are not
2: discredited is still...
1: Okay. That's, That's up to us. We can feel how we want to feel about the art. It, it, it can be bad it can be good. That's up for us to decide, but it's still art. The part
2: is I've actually met people who say my favorite movie of all time is The Room. I met Tommy Wiseau at a book signing. I have uh, Matt... Mark, whatever his name is, his book, you know, The Disaster Artist, and it's signed. Like, I get the it. The movie
0: existed it. before the book existed, and the book existed before the other movie existed, which meant that two things of art came out of the one thing that we may not think is art. But is that not art? <laughs> if I mean, and it's, and, it's, and
1: it's and one if, of the best
2: movies I ever saw. I'm not going to lie. And disaster if, Artist is amazing.
1: But also, and if the thing, inspired other people to make a thing, is that not the most artistic thing possible? Oh, yeah, you're right. You <laughs> no that,
2: that you're right on. If the room actually inspired someone to go out and make what we consider as, oh my god, this is so campy, it's art, but the director confirms, yeah, I watched the room a hundred times, and that's where my inspiration came from, It that might be art. <laughs> that
0: might yeah. be art. And so, like, I, I'm not... I don't have a dog in this fight. I just really like that idea that uh, Dadaism was anti-everything because they hated the idea that something could be labeled and taken to the 10th degree. It hated the idea that there was only a certain class and a certain kind of person that got to dictate how people lived, what people Thought how they expressed themselves, and so why not sit there and you know go uh you know what is it mountain ma 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 or chocolate, chocolate 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 all of that stuff they had a blast doing it. We're watching it and it's weird as hell. Watching 1970 17 patrol and watching Rita go back in time and deal with Dadaism for the first time is it, it, it looks like a fever dream, but. The idea of the boundaries being broken allowed this woman to find out who she was and gave her the empowerment to be the kind of person that she was. My issue, and <laughs> now we might as well just get on Rita. My issue is that, uh, and me and GT talk about this all the time, but like they just kind of retconned Rita and used time travel <laughs> to do it. Like they no. wanted her to be the de the, the facto leader. But given everything that we had on this character prior to that, it would made absolutely no sense. Not only did she run away from danger half of the time, but she actively tried to encourage others to run away as well. And she had absolutely no control of her own anatomy. She would fall apart at a moment's notice. She had no ability to do the things that we saw the comic book character could do. And so how do we put all of that back in her by the time that the season ends, they literally have her travel back into time and they impound 90 to hundred years of character growth instantly
1: it, it's almost it's all it's worse than a retcon I'd argue because like instead of just adding something instead of just adding something from um, from before that can possibly inform the character, they instead completely erase the character and rebuild it, into a completely different per. it's uh, <laughs> this feels silly to bring up on this juncture but like Rita Farr is the ship of Theseus is it the same character anymore
0: yeah yeah if you remove whole
2: parts whole of her of hilarious her now that you bring wow. it up I'm sorry to cut you off George but now that you actually bring it up this whole season can be summed up as the ship of patrol it's it's the ship of Doom Patrol it's like is this the same shit that we got for the last three years? Even though it's not exactly what we signed up for, more so a caricature. maybe, but like
1: maybe. But my point is like they have replaced me to far whole cloth. No,
2: you're, you're, no, you're right on that one. Yeah,
0: I love, I love the actress. I think April Bowlby. So Something, something about her portrayal of this character I really dig but past that I think that the writers and directors started to really see her she's been a more than a side character in both of these seasons I think even the second one criminally so where she was just the b-woman for the majority of that Where did the b-thing go? the b-thing went from oh the, I mean the... so I know I would I would argue that was probably the, the only part of season two that they found a way to nail or stick the landing of because the B thing ends with her doing her, her monologue about Niles called her dying in front of all those people. Yeah, and then she gets that 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 catfish phone call of don't show up on stage. And
2: that's the last you ever hear. No one ever calls her again. No one ever says. No,
0: that. no. But oh. I'm saying that that thing was because of the, uh, what you call it? Because of the, uh, like her new thing had to be the responsibility that Niles gave her. So we had to get her off of that, off of the the fucking because yeah, the cult to action that she ignores yeah yeah the whole thing about the character was that she was somebody that and i think somebody said this i think maybe michelle gomez said this like she's actively searching for her to something to make her special she's been looking around for a long time and she thought like i thought it was pretty interesting that you know they were like you tried the whole beekeeper thing and it didn't work <laughs> like they were acknowledging the fact that she tried to be somebody different which i thought was really really uh unique i i really loved that my bees monologue i think i thought she did very very well there i i like that actress a lot i just wonder like did they put the end result in a gps and was this honestly the fastest way to get there you know like was this was this something that this was the only way to get here was this way was the only way to get here was literally yeah like mcguffin of a of a love interest uh you know time travel and and then a revenge plot you know i i I just
2: felt like a weird
0: mistake
2: oscar isaac love interest from the (laughs)
0: sisterhood see he looked right out of (laughs) agent carter (laughs) isaac what'd you say yeah. he looked like he was right out of agent carter
2: <laughs> i don't get the reference but greg can laugh at that
0: <laughs> he just was like an old like an old 1920s man is basically all i all i meant there but um what what do you think about Reader's whole whole arc here greg what do you, what'd you yes. think
1: um i i i didn't care for it honestly like and I think it loses me once they do the, like, first off, she shot herself. As as weird as that sounds, it literally did happen, and not how you think. Uh, so, like, she gets killed by her other self, and then we do this whole thing with the time travel, which was already confusing as it is, but the whole, like, if there's one thing I can't stand, it is the time travel memory wipe. Ah, uh,
0: yes. Yeah. the convenience. be like,
1: it's it, it's bishop i went back in time to do something but i can't remember what it was like
0: i mm. i wish it
1: didn't
2: it, it, like it felt all right so the i think his name is the uh, shilby or shelby or whatever the... ship
0: Shipley is the name of the ship Shipley,
2: yeah Shipley. so the narration was great oh and rita far got too far she she forgot herself in her mission that was great in the, the visualization of her tears Floating up and just turning into like you know you know how I am teardrops in the rain and all that like type stuff I I loved it
1: I like the narration <laughs> better when it when they could hear it it became the joke yeah that, like that we're, we're like we
0: old girl who's arguing with the ship the, the 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 whole time there and maybe maybe I'm a little bit biased but I like my Mister Nobody narration you understand know like that's my man that's the only voice well, I want to
2: hear narrating this Mister Nobody narrated. Mr. Nobody narrated it from a place of Deadpool esque, where he was, there was literally an opening of an episode where he's wearing the Doom Patrol season one poster
0: t shirt. Yeah, he's very he's incredibly meta. And the thing is, like, I think that's another issue with this season as well is that season one we had such a demonic, not demonic, but I mean, the guy's powers were off the chain. And the idea that he would spend the entire season just dragging our team through the mud, you know, Mister Nobody was somebody to to you know he was a formidable foe, if you will. Season two we get both the Candlemaker and Miranda, you know, and both of those are seemingly how can we beat them? And they just found way plot point ways to do so in the opener for the third season in this we don't have an out and out villain i guess you could argue that the brain and mala are and thank god that they're in this show i love the fact that we got the brain and monsieur mala
2: tell tell me one of you two anybody tell me where did it actually generally go with oh, with those two?
0: Oh, no, n- nowhere. It's actually even worse. So they were just crazy. retired. They were retired. They weren't gonna do anything. They were. They were in Florida. They, they had no they point in doing Gorgax, anything. Gorgax, or whatever his name is Gorgax, the
2: destroyer, or whatever. And his his personification that I read was he was like seven feet tall and like the size of a of a boat and all that and. He's just some normal guy that decided to go on vacation and sit in a sauna with Robot Man. They gave us some of the great, not greatest, but they gave us some of the most interesting villains in comic book lore to do nothing. The bring in Monsiur Mala did nothing. That's yeah, so
0: everyone's trying over. to stop um, Michelle Gomez's character from doing something that she doesn't even know she is going to do so no one's doing anything really because no one knows what they're supposed to stop then they suddenly figure out something that they should stop the flagellation uh the endless or eternal flagellation whatever heck it was called and the the, the eternal (laughs) flagellation
2: let's just make fart jokes because we're doom patrol but but they don't uh, stop
0: it. it It happens. It completely happens exactly how they wanted to, where everyone gets to see the version. And I think that that's kind of cool. When we're talking about the didatism of it all, the idea that their crazy plot is to show everybody to have them be the the personification of who they see they are they themselves as, or who they actually are in the real world. What a crazy yeah, but- kooky concept. Yeah guy with the tattoos all over
2: his body that like every birthday was like going to be special because he was going to destroy the world that open the book or something like that it actually went somewhere and it said something and it had substance where you had a chance to 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 bring back that reoccurring theme and now i have to wait how many more years how many more months
0: I mean, it's been for instance, greenlit for season four. I mean, that's a there's a there's a silver lining oh, yeah, there. Yeah. Um, DC Phantom did that, but it's the problem is is like,
2: I've already seen them face cataclysmic world-ending events and come out the other side better characters. As to where this season, it's like, okay, we're getting season one that goes nowhere. It stays at a at a yellow light. It's a car stopping at a yellow light when it could have completely gone before it hit red
0: Rita feels like the only person that feels like a better character in the sense of like when the season starts she'll have a good head on her shoulders etc but again we're gonna start a season next year where none of them have their memory because they chose to travel forward in time three minutes to get to did somebody just say anyway to get to um to fight some, like, scrotum in the water, water scrotum, which I actually thought, remember that one butt that got away? I thought that that's what they were alluding to. What happened to that butt that got away? I guess that they're just going to let that, let that dangle.
2: no mega
0: No, that was actually something that I had in my notes that
2: I'm glad, I'm so glad you brought it up because I was going to completely forget about it in my notes. But when you don't follow Chekhov's gun with your writing, I get mad. I literally, I literally get mad. Don't introduce something that you're never gonna talk about again. So when you not only did they have this whole oh my god, one singular butt is coming to Cloverton, but they made it an quote unquote end credit scene where you get two names in the credit, and then here's this butt on a highway to Cloverton, and it means nothing. It goes nowhere. Maybe if it happens in season four then I will, and the fans can correct me, I will take back my word. I will take back all the crap I talked, but I'm sorry. At that moment, that is a gross violation of Chekhov's gun. Especially since I just watched the two episodes of Hawkeye where they brought in a butterscotch and made it a purpose. Like, follow Chekhov's gun, please. That's all I ask. Or Chekhov's phaser to this Vulcan over here
0: there you go um i i'm 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 i like where rita is now i like that there is somebody on the team that can like i, I like i point all the time to that dr time episode where she has that like powerpoint presentation about dr time and she's oh drawing it drawing up. Dr. time control like was one of my favorite episodes yeah Right. So like I like now she's doing that, but without the meek voice and without the bad body language, like she's proud and she's standing up there. How can we do this? How can we tackle this? I'm glad that the group has a leader. You understand? Another thing that I want to say is that the Doom Patrol has taken on all kinds of iterations. What we saw a majority of in the first two seasons is the Grant Morrison version of, of it, where it's more character driven. And they didn't really fight crime as a super team all that much. But there are many iterations of this. Comic where they do fight crime as a super team. As a matter of fact, majority of the time that they've ever been depicted in animation, they're a super team. Everyone's wearing the same colors. Everyone's you know on the same mission, etc. Maybe they've been in a
2: Doom Patrol before there was not Doom Patrol. Sorry, Doom Patrol was literally in a Teen Titans from 2004 episode, and it was yeah. Robot Man, Rita Farr, and Larry Trainer those were the main three people you saw there was no crazy jane or dorothy anytime i personally saw the doom patrol depicted in animation it was robot man negative man elastigirl or whatever her name is because i yeah, know it's elastigirl. It's incredible. incredibles
0: Are you yeah. sure you don't want to get sued here yeah i mean because elastigirl was in, in incredibles we did no, get no, to no, see no. Giant Rita. That was something that people have been waiting for a long time to see, to see whether or not she'd ever get her Giant powers Rita to become from Giant Wind. Rita.
2: Not only that, but there was a moment in 1917 Patrol where um, Laura DeMont or Lord, whatever is, uh, whatever DeMille was trying to like coax her powers out of her. Was, oh, so you're not a telepath. And she like on purpose knocks over her glass and Rita grabs the glass and saves it from falling on the floor. That was a very fantastic four with uh Ian McShane or whatever his name was as Reed Richards.
0: I would love came. to see a fantastic four where Ian McShane is Reed Richards. <laughs> I mean, he's got he's got the he's got the salt and pepper look. Uh, that's not all it takes, bro. That's he, he can do that, to, he can do that cosmetically to anybody. But um, yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, brain and mala, i like, I liked them stealing cliff's body that was the most like funny but i get the joke kind of thing like the idea that this this like old-timey retired villain would would use his last bit of energy to put himself in a robot and then like do the waltz with old ladies in his boca raton
1: that whole scene sword. and segment was very funny
0: very funny, like and just watching him walk, walk around and then he gets in his golf cart and then he gets stomped out by Michelle Gomez in the big uh, Doom Patrol robot uh, suit, which that is the same robot from the first two or the first season, right? That's the one where. Um, yes, 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 yes. I, 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 I marked. I'm not
2: going to I'm not going to lie. I marked when I saw it I said, oh, my God, this show has been been this weird up and down loop to loop roller coaster, but you really brought that back. All right. I mean, at first, I did mark with the butts. I marked out with the butts, but then the conclude, but then I have to think of it. It's like, wait, you guys did the Doom Patrol as zombies. And I'm sorry, I don't, you guys can disagree with me, but when the Doom Patrol became zombies, I just, the first thought I had was, you guys are parroting all the ridiculousness that made this show different and work like everything that we attracted to the show you guys took and made a parry of it. that zombie stuff was weird where they're like oh, blah 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 and you see the closed captioning of them actually talking in full sentences and kipling's like oh yeah they need some brains i'm like
0: come come on my, I did like was, Rita yelling brains. <laughs> I thought she was very theatrical or her yelling in, in her like one line delivery. Yeah. Brain. It, it was genuinely funny, but I, I, what
2: attracted me to, especially when you George got me onto the show, what attracted me to the show was the fact that they were able to blend the most ridiculous of premises with heart and soul and storytelling and character development where this episode felt like Kevin in the office with the pie episode where they made him think of food to do accounting but the entire time of the series he's an accountant so you're telling me that Kevin is the kind of accountant that can only do numbers through food it was a real big caricature moment that pissed me,
0: me off. I listened to the last season's review that we did, and me and you were talking about whether or not we would see Cliff at that wedding, and they just yada yada past that. His invite to the wedding it was a big deal, whether or not he would end up going. During the
2: whole Candlemaker thing, where he turned into, a, in, in, into wax, and then he missed the wedding. But how long were they waxed? what do you mean the wedding was literally like a month away i remember it myself the wedding was
0: was but they skipped silly- forward i want to say two months or three months in the beginning yep yep of course they did i can't remember 100 percent, but the baby's already born and cliff's already holding it cliff's got parkinson's don't know what that's about felt like a weird thing to hang up on that character when again i think that he should have been taunted with fame and fortune again and have to make the choice of his family or fame and fortune. And to see himself, he, he could have regressed by choosing to be the glory hog again and missing out on some very important moments in his grand uh granddad life. But in this season, he's seemingly doing everything he can. The plot is just getting in his way. <laughs> like a plot gave him Parkinson's and the plot put him in in you know, weird Dada patrol and all that stuff.
1: You know, for me, uh, I, I kind of I came out of the whole thing just feeling like, man, there's a lot of entertaining moments and a lot of really funny moments and all that stuff going on. But like, there's nothing interesting or genuine being done here. So it's yeah. like there was a lot of wheel spinning.
0: I told Dan and he thought it was blasphemous when I told him initially, but I was like, this to me feels like someone doing a Doom Patrol impression. Like, it feels to me like writers or directors who've never seen the show, I mean, who've never acted on the show, but have seen it, what they think the show is. And,
2: and, you're you're and right. It's all I very surface.
0: surface. No, and I, I think the fans should
2: know that. Okay, I'm going to tell, and I'll tell you guys straight up. Greg was the first one, and then it was you with me talking privately, where you both literally said, oh, my God, this is This is kind of a disappointment. This is kind of a letdown of a season. It was, George, it was you specifically that said, this is actually not what I expected from Doom Patrol. I'm like, now my arms are crossed, not because my arms are crossed at the show, my arms are crossed at you two. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way Doom Patrol ended up going down in quality. And the first two episodes were amazing to me. Amazing. I truly love. it the first two episodes of the season. But then by the time I got to episode, uh, by the time I got to Undead Patrol, I'm like, what is this? And then 1917 Patrol hit and I'm like, oh my God. I think they're right. I think this show kind of became a caricature of what we loved about the ridiculousness because that's it. It was the ridiculousness that this show went through that they decided to say, fuck a story. Let's just have Gene eating
0: zombie asses. Or let's have That's Gene what I'm saying, like I, zombies. Poetically, maybe they cut up a bunch of different plot points, put them in a hat and then pull them all out to write the rest of this show. I think they might've used some Dadaism uh, to kind of, you know, make this show what it was. And and that that's why we could be getting this weird combination of things the way they are. And I, I agree that it all kind of felt a bit surface, but this is far from, you know, uh, season six of Arrow. You know, this is far from from season anything that, and everything after and three,
1: sir, that like, sir, that was mean and you know it. it
0: yeah, no,
2: you you took a, you took a
0: low no, blow on that one. No, but I, it, it's a compliment to Doom Patrol. If anything, it's it's to say <laughs> that there's still there's still upward mobility here. Season two of the Flash didn't touch season one, but it's nowhere near as bad as seasons like I said five, six, and seven. And I feel like that we're we're here. What I think they in did here for three, Rita, in the
2: sense where it's like. You're giving us characters uh, that Oh we season really... three of
0: Jessica Jones is fire. Season one of Jessica Jones is fire. Season two?
2: Oh that's what that's that that's what, that's what you didn't like. You didn't the like mother season two man. Why why are why are we focusing on Trish
0: I and the still mom? Still haven't so seen
1: much. season three.
0: Bro, and it's because of season two. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, kind of takes came out, you know. I, I kind of liked season two though.
2: <laughs> but but I wonder, why did you focus so much on Trish and the
0: mom? I wonder if this if this was changed in any way to to attract new viewers, I wonder if it was simplified in any way, if it was streamlined in any way that would attract new viewers. What I did notice is Larry doesn't have a single a homosexual moment in this show, which is very weird because that that's one of his defining points of the character. Uh, not saying that he has to just be a walking dodo or anything. I'm just saying that in general, it's something he wrestles with.
2: Your personal sexual preference isn't your identity. It isn't your personality. Oh, you're you're gay, you're straight, you're bi, you're this, you're that. Okay, but who are you? I get that. But the fact remains that you were right. Like this, this is just somebody that doesn't get it. They're not getting. They saw all the all the things that we love the most and they amplified the ridiculousness of it. And that's what pisses me off. We didn't love this show because it was ridiculous. The fact that this show could be ridiculous and blend real human emotions and trials and tribulations is what made us love it. But now you're just giving us ridiculousness for the sake of ridiculousness while giving us human emotions for the sake of human emotions. And you're right. Larry didn't have one moment where he was gay this season, and it's not that, hey, you know, gay is a personality trait, but it's like that's a different aspect of characters and superheroes. We don't get a lot. We don't right. get I, a superhero that is battling
1: his sexuality. I think that I think the issue there, I think the issue there with that particularly is that um, Trainer, all all of that stuff they did with Trainer sexuality is um, tethered to his past which is yeah. as we which is a problem we've had this whole season which is them retreading old ground and and everything else is that trainer is a complete social recluse so there's not really a romantic subplot for him
0: but maybe he should have been the one to then get on the online binge right maybe and, and maybe, maybe. And, and that's fair that kind of stuff that's like, I, I feel like there's avenues for them to go in different directions. He didn't have to be a repressed gay man anymore. Like, maybe he should have tried his, his, his you know, his wares um, somewhere else. No, it just felt like a weird that. backtrack. So, sorry, but, yeah, backtrack. We
2: are It seems like we're backtracking, but I will agree with Greg on the fact that we, we were able to display a homosexual superhero accurately and correctly without it feeling like, you know, you're catering to an audience and being very open with it. But the fact that, okay, we don't need to give this man a love interest. We don't need to keep compounding on the fact that he's gay and he's repressed about his homosexuality. We can go on to, all right, now who am I without the negative spirit? I do like that. Now that I'm thinking of it,
0: but, I do. but if it ends with him having the negative spirit, we never find out who he is without the negative spirit.
1: Well, and uh, but also, like, I'm not saying, I'm I'm not saying that um, I'm not saying that we can't give him a romantic. But I think it's very difficult to give him one as someone who nope. is constantly covered under rags, can't be near people, is a social recluse. Like, there's almost no avenue to do that. And, 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 and George is right. Yeah, maybe maybe Larry should have done the online thing. I, you can you can play the catfish game around that for certain. Yeah, that's kind of funny. yeah.
0: with yeah. the real with the real with uh, the real Matt Bomber's picture. And he's like, that's totally me. I promise you that's 100. It, it's 100 percent me. We just can't meet. We can't funny. meet. We can't touch. Yeah, he
2: uses a picture of him from like the 1940s of him and his love interest from then. It's like, oh, yeah, this is me when I fought in the war. Which war? Doesn't matter. America's been at war
0: since it started. And it feels like they just broke up. Like uh, one of the persons that pushed Larry is Rita. And by giving Rita her own plot, they kind of just left Larry in the dirt in a lot of ways to kind of figure things out as he could
2: sorry but the, the problem was is that the fact that when they give us this season three opening Rita is not the one that's in his head of I should be better and I should push myself and I should be more it's from Space Patrol of season two or whatever that one girl that he meets where he's like oh my god you people all have a negative spirit too how do you Valentina Vostag yeah there you go where it's like we've had this negative spirit for 30 years and we've learned how to control it well i've had it for 70 years and i'm
0: in a bandage he didn't control it he's it went home yeah. and then and then he got a new one that he still doesn't so know how to control
2: it upon it where you give us you give us that where the first shot of larry is him thinking about the words valentina volstead or whatever said to him but Where does it go? What does it do? What does it say? Absolutely nothing. And that's my issue. You're saying like, we're three men in an art gallery. Doom Patrol as a series is an art gallery. And we are three men visiting the art gallery as friends. Hey, let's go see what these paintings say to us. And when it comes down to season three, I look at season three as one of the most beautiful encapsulations of an adaptation I've ever seen. But it says nothing. You blend the hues. You have all of the colors just right. But they're, when I really... They're very
1: pretty it, pictures, but they're not very interesting.
2: That's exactly. Eg- Fucking exactly. You took the words right out of my mouth. They are very pretty pictures, but they're not very interesting. And I can move on with the next stage of my life.
0: The important question to you, gentlemen, you is that is, is the museum itself enough for you guys to wait for the next exhibition when season yes. four comes out
2: yes 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 it is it is so 100% worth it because not every show is going to fire sorry not every show's season is going to fire at all cylinders and you can love a show to death but there is going to be that one or two seasons where you say "Eh, that was kind of weak Greg you, you can agree we, we've seen Game of Thrones
1: we not, not even Game of Thrones because I, I I wasn't gonna say Game of Thrones because I I I thought all the seasons were mostly fine up until the end. I was gonna say to George, like, you know, what um season what four Damien Dark? Yeah, pick it,
0: bro. Pick it, pick after but, after Roger But, but,
1: but <laughs> no, but but season five, season Prometheus, eh. Fire,
0: fire, fire, yeah. And even so, you know, even that last uh, season dark eight dark was pretty okay you know yeah. like season A as a as a like a, to put a bow on the whole series pretty much okay i i also agree i think that um i think that it's going to be worth another time to me this was like a very beautiful tracing that's what it was to me like <laughs> i love the original You're pace, a and You're a and you did a very nice tracer an i'm an inker they're inkers <laughs> He did a very good tracing of it, but it's not. I like the original picture more, but I'll I'll hold on to the tracing if I get to keep it. You understand, kind of thing. Um, but I'm hoping for some big changes in season four. I want Danny back. Stop BSing. Why isn't Danny and the sisterhood of Dada hooking up? They should be like fucking friends. Like all of them, all of those weirdos, and Danny can go hang out. Get me
2: started on my frustration. On what they have done to, not because I'm biased of the name Daniel, because my name is Daniel, but Danny Street is one of the greatest comic book inventions ever. It's literally a sentient block.
0: But now at this point, it's like, wait a minute, how can Danny Street literally be an ambulance? Now, to be fair, he was an ambulance in the comics. So that that's canonical, was he? Was he? yeah. Really, yeah. He does become an ambulance in, in the comics, but the thing yeah. is, they I think you can, I think I that the doors open up and you go into the street, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's like a whole world in there when you, when the shot. back open, yeah, exactly. But when they were
2: inside the ambulance, it was just a shot of a normal ambulance and Dorothy talking to Danny on like the new age Subway City LED stream. Like, you know, yeah. you see those LED lights of next stop, the Horace Harding Avenue or whatever. Like, there was no Dorothy and the dead Niles Calder walking into the ambulance and it becoming this sentient town. It was just a normal ambulance. Danny was just a normal ambulance. And that's what annoyed me the most. And you can bring it up, that it's canonical, and I'll, I will concede and say, fuck, you know what? Fine, it's canonical. At that moment, that kind of made me
0: mad. GT, do you watch uh, season, the, f- the first episode of the day it drops? You give it some time? Where, where do you sit on season four?
1: Um, uh, I, I give it some time and I, I try to, I, I tend to watch <laughs> these things on my overnights at work okay. where I have yeah. time to sit down and ingest and, jest and right. see how I feel. Um, can I have your job?
2: No joke. Can I have your job where you can just <laughs> literally sit at your desk and just watch Netflix? And not all. It's, it's
1: it's it's not that easy, but right, because right,
2: right. I, tra- I tried watching Dynamite the other day while I was at work, and all I could do was just listen to booms of the mat. Yeah, yeah, no. You for, deep, for that, for that, you
1: get your phone. For that, you get an audiobook buddy. But Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably watch it right when it comes out. Um, unless we do this again, then I'll watch it closer to the recording because I don't like to figure it. Remember?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I think I'm, I think I'm gonna be there when it happens. I guess before we end things, we should probably talk about the ending and where that leaves our heroes and where we think things might go. So, Boy, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, we got Robot Man. He has lost his body, even though Rita, I'm assuming, has plans for it. I to. I liked when Rita boiled that man's brain alive, or I guess his whole essence alive with hot water. A uh, bit of an evilness there, but but that was pretty cool. It was shot very well. It was shot very suspensefully. Um, gorgeous. Yeah. But they are all in their time travel machine, and they're gonna use Cliff the robot, and they're gonna go save the world. They have a, a a Justice League level threat, I guess you would call it, like the Starro, except theirs is like a big scrotum or something like that, and they're gonna go face it down. Do the only mean, issue is,
2: I don't understand how you can possibly illustrate a scrotum. A scrotum mm. is like it's it's a vein that goes from your pardon my French from your one side of your genitalia to the other side of your genitalia. I think I think but you're I
0: thinking of the gooch. The scrotum is the is the sack. Oh, I am thinking of the gooch. I'll show so I'll... I'll show you later where, where all those things go. Sir, but I hope you do. <laughs> but... <laughs> that's off air. But um. You know, they, they don't have their memories. Um, They're going to get wiped as soon as they land where they're going to go to save the world. Michelle Gomez has apologized. Reader had her dead to rights. And Michelle Gomez was like, I'm not even worth it, so don't even waste your time. Uh, We should probably talk a little bit, I guess, before we end about the fact that Michelle Gomez <laughs> killed Reader's love interest uh, for a couple of years, hence the big revenge plot. But I think oh, that for, that's basically it, right? I mean, Oscar Isaac what did you think about that whole thing, GT?
1: We got past it so fast, and I didn't believe in it to begin with, and I was just like, "Man, whatever." <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, mean, I was almost—I was almost just glad to be done at that point.
0: Maybe you <laughs> introduced the idea of this character in season one, and then reveal in season three that she was killed by her. You know, but it, we had no—we had no ground with that character. So the idea that we should feel it all of a sudden, and then compound like we just talked about eighty years of character development, just. Oh, but that's what I'm You
2: got him in 1917 Patrol, which was episode eight. Yeah,
0: episode, or episode But seven. that's a whole that's mystery. 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 The, it, it's a difference. There's a difference between having a mystery and putting the breadcrumbs there so that we can try to figure it out as our own, but it's a whole that other mystery just making up things for cloth. But that is Chekhov's gun one-on-one. Don't
2: introduce something if it's not either going to expand upon a character's development or mean anything to the narrative of the story.
0: So they introduced these scrotes and they introduced time travel amnesia, Dan. So what, what are they going to do with it in season one, I mean, season four, episode one? Honestly, I, I truly, if, if my thing is patterns, when I look
2: at like storytelling and filmmakers and it, it's all about patterns. I think that this is gonna be something that we're gonna get in the first 10 to 20 minutes of like we're gonna get the conclusion of what's gonna happen with Cliff and Rita and all of them in the first 10 minutes of season four, episode one, and then it's never gonna be explained again. But that's just my personal opinion. I truly think whatever whatever I can think might possibly happen, I just know it's gonna conclude in the first 10 minutes. Like I can't actually tell you truly what I think they might go with, all I know is it's not going to be an episode arc for the next season. It's going to be two uh, one half of the episode. Because they did it, it miniature patrol. Okay. G2, um, let's see what you say.
1: I'll just say some completely ridiculous stuff. They're all not going to really remember who they are again, and they're going to use this attempt to completely rebuild all the characters in this sense.
2: Yeah, They'll probably smart.
1: end up with You'll probably end up with less Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, more Gerard Way Doom Patrol, yes. and and probably in dumber costumes.
0: I wonder Did if we end- ever get Space Case. Right really? Uh, Space Case been- is a, you know, Casey, uh, I can't remember her last name, Brink, I think? Uh, I no big idea. character in that run. I wonder if we get her um one of the things we got to remember is that when everyone wakes up presumably when Jane wakes up she will be Dr Harrison Dr Harrison is now the new primary so Dr and Harrison
2: that is on preparation H and you know it
0: so she so that could be dangerous maybe she's the one who wakes up first and switches name tags around and it's like you're this you're that it is what it is um oh my God. i thought that the amnesia thing could be really interesting as like a uh, like we were just saying like a starting off point a restart point or whatever but you got kipling kipling could just show up and be like you idiots your name is this your name is that your name is this and it's over no that was actually one of my favorite like specific delivery
2: slash lines of the season was said, what have you, what have you heads got yourself into now? Or what, like, what mess have you done to yourself? I'm like, oh my God, yeah. this is so Constantine. It's killing me.
0: Any, but- anybody can show up. Flex can show up. Dorothy can show up. Danny can show up. Anyone can show up and just set them right. Bring that up because that is also
2: another reason why this episode is not episode, this season is crap. No flex mentality. Flex mentality you
0: can't, you can't leave Flex out, B. I mean, Flex is the man. Flex.
2: Flex is literally one of the greatest characters ever, but I'm also calling it now. And if if it's true, you're both paying me 20 bucks and I'll give you my cash out. I'm calling it now, season four, episode one, Amnesia Patrol. And if I'm wrong, I will give you both 20 bucks. <laughs>
0: That's low-hanging fruit, p- but I'll take your bet. That's low-hanging fruit, but I'll, I'll, I'll take your bet. I'll bet um, you. no, no, I'm going to bet with you. Season four, episode one, Amnesia Patrol. Amnesia Patrol, absolute bonkers. I want to see how this Madame Rouge character acts. I feel like she's better suited for evil. I feel like in many ways they probably should have just went the route of her being evil and having an evil crew. But maybe that's too yeah, much. That's a no sympathetic villain, and let's turn the villain into they were slighted. I so mean, they're she's right. sympathetic. She's a sympathetic villain, but she's only a villain because they tell us that she's a villain.
2: And we don't even know why she's a and the whole she's a villain process. for
0: outing the daughter, the sister, the sisterhood of Dada. That was her, that's her, her penance. But, but the problem is the letter that she
2: reads from Niles Colder. It's like every in every um, detail of Niles Colder we got in the first two seasons. Can we truly believe that she's that bad? Yes, he said, oh, she's disloyal and this and this and that. And bro you literally had to kill every single Doom Patrol member to get them to be a Doom Patrol member. So let's not yeah. let, let's not go there as if you didn't drown Rita Farr and make Cliff Steele get into that car accident and steal Jane from, we like, let's not go there, my guy. You knew yeah. Larry was going to go through the thing that he went through. Like you, you knew every single member was going to go through their tragedy so you can claim them as your member. You're a messed up Charles Xavier.
0: I miss him, though. I miss Timothy Dalton. I miss Niles Calder. I know he might not come back or maybe he's a ghost, but I would like to see him in season three. But I think you just touched on something, which is the idea, you know, that is basically the idea of the entire show. Just because you started off one way doesn't mean you have to end that way you know just because you started off as a villain doesn't mean you have to stay one start off as a hero that's half made of robotic parts doesn't mean you have to stay one and just because you started as an absolutely revolutionary television show doesn't mean you have to continue to be one <laughs> everyone has the freedom to change uh, in their own in their own kinds of ways so i think uh that's a that's a poignant way to, I guess, uh, put all that to rest when it comes to Doom Patrol season three. Do you gentlemen have anything else you'd like to say on the matter?
2: But truly and honestly, don't, if you haven't seen season one and two and you're just listening to this episode as a fan of Major Issues, what is wrong with you? Not, but what is wrong with you? Go back, go and watch. But anybody that has seen the first two seasons and now is seen this third season and want our review truly we're not saying we that we hate this show or that we hate this season more so that we love the series so much that a season like this was an unexpected turn like we're the the whole time NASCAR is doing a left turn and all of a sudden out of nowhere the lap turns into a right turn and you don't expect it so i i personally didn't expect the season to be so stagnant like you know plateaued at the level that it stood and still battle the same issues of season one but I love this show this is one of the top three greatest comic book shows I've ever seen and that's just how it's gonna go
1: um right, good about it it I will say that it is uh it is both a gift and a curse to start so high <laughs> yes yeah. truly and to maintain that, it's a difficult process. And hopefully this is just a stumble and season four will find its footing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I feel like Doom Patrol season three, uh, you, you know, called me, said that they were coming over. I opened the door. They stumbled in drunk. They threw up on my floor and then they fell asleep on my couch. I we love them. Not have- I love so- them. I have to go so personal with that one but i, like I, I that. but i'm saying is i love him i love doom patrol you know what i'm saying you 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 get this one everyone gets one you get this one if i love you everyone gets one so you get this one doom patrol get it all out of your system throw it all up you know you'll feel better in the morning i'll feel better in the morning we're gonna get this thing back to where it gotta go but if next season comes and you throw up on the floor again your ass is sleeping outside and that's basically <laughs> What I've got to say about Doom Patrol. Doom why Doom does
2: Doom that make so much? No, why does that make so much sense? It's like listen, when
0: it gets to where it got to get to in the end. That's 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 I'm known for, for that at the very least. <laughs> but it's so funny how you're. If you're right. Every great show gets
2: that one season where it's like, "What did you? What? Uh-huh? Everybody gets that one season, but if you yeah. continue to do that, hat." season every time then it's like wow you jumped the shark you peaked your experience and now you're going down but you know right
0: yeah the br- the <laughs> brilliance of it all though is that every single member of comic book click can go out and watch this series uh, on their own come up with their own idea of what this series means to them very much like we said before this is a work of art so it's going to mean different things to different people there are things i dug about this season that were different to things that uh, then the comic book man dug about the season, which was different than GT Rebirth's favorite moments. Uh, and that's what it's kind of for, you know, comic books reach a bunch of different people for a bunch of different reasons. And there could be some people that were tapping their foot during season one and two, and they're really digging what's going on in three, uh, where some people were vice versa. So go on, take on the medium uh, and let us know what you think. And you can do so. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you guys for listening to this episode of Comic Book Click. We're going through a bit of internet uh, connectivity issues. So if the audio is a bit wonky, it's because of that. But we wanted to make sure that we got this episode out right on time. The finale was only a couple of weeks ago. Um, and these are our, our ideas fresh off the, uh, I guess, hot water pot that gets poured into the brain. So we are we do this every single Wednesday. And every single Wednesday, we put up an episode of Major Issues Podcast up on ComicBookClick.com. It's the one stop for everything Comic Book Click. uh our merchandise, articles written by us, every single episode of Major Issues Podcast, which is over 200 episodes, over 400 hours of content at this point all free of charge. Um, We do it tirelessly, but we do it every single week. Knock on Vibranium. We haven't missed a week yet. But if you guys would like to help support us, you can do so by going to comicbookclick.com and hitting that shop CBC link and getting yourself some exclusive merchandise. Uh, Maybe you don't want to quit Pro Crow. Maybe you just want to, you know, you're just feeling charitable and want to give us some money. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse, which is how we keep our light on here due to some very, very uh, charitable donations from members of the click that, and those guys in turn get exclusive access to early content as we produce it. It all goes up there on patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse. So yeah, maybe you want to cop a shirt to support. Maybe you want to go to CBC clubhouse to support, or you can rate and review on, on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't because the major issues podcast is available wherever podcasts are found. Podbean Stitcher Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, and more. We've gotten to the point That's that you could just good Google like Podcast. Yeah. And boom, just Google it. We'll be the first ones to come up because we're always talking about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, we next week we got a sender. Which will be the um the uh, the other half of our two part uh, comic book review of ascender and descender. Then we got some big things with Spider Man coming up. We coming got soon. some Deadpool, We got some Deadpool killing the Marvel Universe coming up soon. We got some, like I said, the No Way Home stuff coming up soon, and Immortal hawk stuff coming up soon. And don't forget that Hawkeye is out currently. We got two episodes. I'm
2: just gonna say right now, I would hope that you two guys would want to cover it with me. I'm going to ask it now. Would you guys like to cover this Hawkeye when it's <laughs> draw, like you two specifically? I'm dying to GT. GT, would you like, because I'm going to say it because um, I told George offline that like when the Hawkeye season finale happens, it'll be like a year since I read the Matt Fraction, David Ja, Hey, David Jha, um, book. So when this yeah. show comes out, we'll be able to cover it like a year later and you have the book literally with you it's it's you so own the book. it uh, would you yeah like
1: i, I i'd like to if, if, if I, I can if i can get the opening yeah
2: yes i, I would love it. to do a three-man booth with the three of yous for this hawkeye season the season show
0: and that'll probably be the next time we all three are in the same uh you know uh conversation so be sure to be on the lookout for that if you guys are fans of this uh, these guys are my brothers, so tackling any of this kind of subject matter material is always a barrel of laughs, even when the product itself isn't as good as you remember it being sometimes. but that's just this is how it happens, all right? Don't kiss old girlfriends. that's just, this is what this is what we're dealing with right now. but, but uh, yeah, rate and review us. Uh, check us out everywhere we're at, comic book click, all those all that jazz. Um, donate, support, do all those things, people. You guys already know what the what the, what the the whole rundown is. Um, but I'm thankful. You know, it's still the, the season of thanks. I'm thankful that we still have Doom Patrol, even though it's been a little bit different. I'm still thankful we have the Major Issues podcast, and I'm still thankful that we have Comic Book Click out in general. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am
2: Ben the Comic Book
1: I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth.
0: And this has been our Doom Patrol Season 3 review. And odds are I missed something, but you're going to have to email me or you ain't going to catch me. (laughs) But remember, whether you have over 90 personalities, whether you have to tussle with your negative self, or you want to remove the robotic implants, whether you're addicted to gambling and OnlyFans, or you have just taken control over your own destiny, remember it's all piffle paffle. Remember that you deserve to be somebody loved and remember that you, yes you, are worthy.